0: Did you ever watch uh, Newsround as a kid? Do you remember it?
1: I did. I was on CBBC, like, sometimes, but I feel like I was majority of the time on Disney Channel, and Nickelodeon. So I-, I did watch it <laughs> occasionally. Uh, but were you a big fan?
0: Oh my gosh, I was such a big fan. I used to, it was my, it was genuinely my favourite, like, Kids programme to watch. I loved news round. Like I'd always I think it was only five or ten minutes when I was younger. I can't exactly remember, but I remember thinking I just wanted like half an hour's worth. Like I just craved it. It's (laughs) so good though. Like
1: it's so good that they have that for kids to make news like Mm -hmm. understandable and accessible. Like I think it's such a good and useful tool.
0: And also, like I think what I liked about it looking back when I was a kid was like I didn't feel like I was being patronised. And I think when you're young and, like, you're a child, like, I think adults forget that, like, kids can tell when they're being patronised or if they're being kind of, like, things are oversimplified for them. And I I don't think kids really respect that. And what I really liked about Newsround is, like, the kind of treat as an adult, like, and, you know, yeah, it's explained to – the news is explained to you in a way that's understandable, and digestible but like you're not talked down to and it just feels like you're kind of living in your mini adult bubble and hearing about the news like like the grown-ups were like the parents were and I really really like that so um yeah no I was really really into into Newsround and CBC as a kid
1: oh well it's Um, very exciting then we have our very own Newsround presenter joining us on the podcast this week
0: oh my gosh my childhood dreams are coming true
1: Hi, I'm Rachel O'Neill. And I'm Olivia Wilson. And this is Media Rookies, a podcast that aims to ask all of the media questions you're dying to know the answers to.
0: And on the podcast this week, we're joined by CBBC Newsround presenter,
1: Shanique Paris. So how are you? Thanks so much for joining us on our podcast. I'm
2: good, I'm fine. Obviously things could be better, but you know, we preserve and keep it moving. I
1: know. And how has working in the pandemic been especially cuz you're presenting news to children? So obviously you can't be too heavy with it. So how do you like navigate that?
2: Yeah, there's a lot you have to take into consideration because you don't want to scare kids, you don't want to panic kids because especially on the main news, you know, there'd be updates about like hundreds of like different people that have been passing away and dying and we can't lead with that, you know. Um, we lead with things in a complete different way but for the pandemic overall for me anyway I started this job during Covid so like my first day there was no one in the office there was only like what my editor and I think, like, two or three other people. So it's been completely different. Like, I haven't met everyone. I think the week I started was the first week of lockdown.
0: I didn't realise that. That is a tough way to start a gig. Hey? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think my first day
2: was, like, was it the 23rd of March or something? But, yeah, it was, um,
1: yeah.
0: Was... <laughs> In the prime of COVID. <laughs>
1: yeah, that was literally, like, lockdown date, the 23rd, I'm sure.
0: Yeah, yeah. Honestly, it was... It was
2: surreal. It was completely different. But, you know, at that time, because we didn't know what was going to happen and things were changing so drastically. So I kept thinking, oh, you know, I'm going to meet everyone soon. Going to be back to normal soon. Going back to normal soon. And yeah, it just kept going on and on. And yeah, still, I haven't really um, managed to, you know, be in the team properly or, yeah. you know, meet everyone and work like how we usually would work. So yeah, it's been very different for me but it's my new normal now. Yeah. I think I'm used to it. I feel like if I was to see everyone there and actually go out to do stories, it would feel weird.
1: I know. <laughs> like, how did it come about? Like, was it a long time coming before the pandemic or how come, you you know, you've got, that's amazing to get a job at the start of a global pandemic. So well done.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it, it worked out fine. I think, oh, I can't remember. I think I accepted the job maybe like, a month before or I think maybe like a month before or potentially a couple of months before um so then yeah we didn't know it was going to be that severe so yeah so thankfully by the time like I got settled in and ready to start this job things were fine and normal so it literally only hit on my first day going in
0: so yeah I mean how did you what was your kind of process into getting into the job I mean like you know even before we knew about COVID like it was a tough enough industry and sector to get into so what was your I mean we're talking to lots of different people and everyone's personal journeys are very different which is why it's very interesting um so do you mind just talking us through like your kind of journey to where you
2: are now. Gotcha. It Depends on how long you've got. <laughs> I'll have to give you the... I've
0: got my chair, I've got my cushion, I'm ready. You know, yeah, I've you got bet. a brand of lighting. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'm, I'm going to give you the condensed version because okay. <laughs> I have a tendency to waffle on and there's no <laughs> syrup for my waffle today. So I'm going to strip it back. I'm going to say initially I... Started. I fell in love with journalism when I started writing for like some online magazines and online blogs. So I started off doing that and then I had my own blog as well. And then from the magazine, it then they were like, oh, we want to do some videos as well. I was like, OK, I'll do the videos um, and, you know, started interviewing people from there. And then I ended up, you know, going on to community radio. And I really enjoyed myself doing that. But then I still loved writing. Um, I loved, you know, hearing people's stories. So on my ra- the radio show that I had, I would interview people from that I felt that was doing positive things for the Birmingham community. So activists, um, teachers, uh, t- 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 people that are like putting on like wellness events and stuff like that. And then after the radio, I ended up working in local radio. So for BBC and then yeah it just kind of went from there and then I just went to like national radio um working there then I started doing some like presenting on local radio and reporting and then ended up here so it was one of those journeys you know those journeys they say usually goes from like radio to tv so yeah, yeah. With that, no, I went from print not what print it was writing really
0: but yeah to yeah I went through all the sectors A bit of multi-platforming yeah. here
1: I love oh, it a bit of everything. <laughs> I know, And I feel with him Especially where you're at now at Newsround Like the positions are so hard to come by Like did you see it being advertised Or were you approached Like how did you kind of get into Newsround
2: Yeah I seen it advertised So mm-hmm. it was um Yeah it was advertised for it And I just went on a whim And went for it the typical thing, I didn't think I was going to get it at all. So when I did, I was majorly surprised and happy. But yeah, um, I had to go for it.
1: Do you have to do like,
0: <laughs> I know this sounds a bit bizarre, but do you have to do like screen tests for it? Like, you know how actors have to do like those screen tests? Do you have to like do all some weird activities in front of the camera and like interact with different people?
2: Yeah, I had to pretend I was an orange for the camera. Right. I'm joking, I'm joking. (laughs) I'm
0: joking. so gullible. I was like, oh, okay. I haven't heard of that, but sure. I'll
1: I'll take
2: it. I wanted to give you some tea. Oh, I love it. (laughs) So, yeah, we had to do a screen test of, like, doing the bulletins. And then, yeah, we had to be around some kids as well. So, some school kids and just have a chat with them. So it was quite simple to be honest in fact I'm saying simple now it wasn't simple it was <laughs> I was dripping with sweat on the day it was, just, it was a bit complicated it pretty tough. tough like. and
1: do the children like have to like, like you because you know obviously it's for children so the producers or whoever's hiring you do they kind of comment or think about whether the children are engaging with you quite well I
2: think so you know I can definitely say yes but I would have imagined so I've never actually asked um
0: I'm probably scared of the answer
2: but yeah I would imagine so that they would have Yeah. yeah asked them to you know what do they think about you and get feedback from them
0: it must be quite interesting like delivering like news and trying to think about it through the lens and minds of kids and like do you find it is quite a challenge to kind of word things and present things in a way that they can kind of dissect and understand because I think that is actually really challenging I think when people think of like you know news for kids it's like fun and simple but I'm like that's just a whole other layer of stuff to worry about you've got to keep up to date with all the news then you've got to think about what they're going to be interested in and what's important and then you have to think about okay how do we this is a most things in the news at the moment are pretty complicated how on earth do you like simplify that like what is the process like and what challenges did you face
2: the key thing is to keep everything as simple as possible so we don't need the extra fluff or the long fancy words. They want the information direct and that's what we do. We keep it simple and we assume nothing as well. So if there's, I don't know, if we're explaining something, we do a lot of explainers, we just assume that the audience doesn't know anything So it's easier that way. If you assume nothing then... Um, you can't really go wrong so we explain everything step by step so certain things say for example as we've been covering like coronavirus and stuff we've spoken about lockdown a lot so we know kids know they know what lockdown is they know what coronavirus is but at the beginning with when we first started reporting on coronavirus we would explain every time what coronavirus is So they would understand it. So, and I think for me anyway, I've always loved things that are just simple and direct and to the point. And so it's been nice in that sense, because when it comes to, you know, grown up stuff, we all like the fancy... Words that no one understands, and we just pretend another. I longer... don't. Yes,
0: yes. I don't. I don't know half the words. <laughs> I'm gonna be honest with you. I have an English lit degree. I should know words. <gasps> you should know them. I know. I have books. It's all a facade. Like I don't know anything. <laughs> I feel
2: you on that one, honestly, because it's um, yeah. We don't need all of that. Just tell me what I need to know. you know, sometimes you'll re- you'll read something, and then after you finish reading, it's like,
0: huh? I know. So I can read something and I'm like, this literally could have been said in a sentence. Like, yeah. was this fluff necessary? It yeah. really just me
2: out. Honestly, it reminds me of like back in school when I would have to make like my word count for my essays longer. So I'll put yeah. nonetheless. And- <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> I relate so much to that, hundred percent, hundred percent, get the thesaurus out, right click synonyms, let's add some flops to here, I have nothing else to say.
1: But you said um, that you were like in pools of sweat when you went for your screen test, do you still feel nervous when you present bulletins or do you think the more you do it, the more you get used to it and the more you feel a bit relaxed?
2: Definitely the more you get used to it, you feel more relaxed, however, I still get very nervous every single time I don't think there's been any time when I've never felt nervous about it it's the adrenaline rush that you get and my heart sometimes my heart used to be so loud I couldn't even hear myself (laughs) because I get so nervous because like when that red light is on and it's live and especially it's just me in the studio so there's no one else to bounce off there's no one if I mess up that can take over so it's you know it's like fight or flight it's one of them modes that you kind of get into and for me I've noticed I kind of go into like an autopilot mode where like I'm it's it's gonna be right you know like say if I mess up in rehearsals and stuff this time it's like nope I'm gonna do it right (laughs) that's so
1: good to like hear though of people on the tv and that you still get nervous because like sometimes I still get nervous but I'm like should I feel nervous like I've been doing this for a while like it's just the whole being live on air it just does feel like a pressure but it's good to hear that you're experienced and you you still feel like that sometimes I
2: think nerves are good though I think it's good that you're feeling nervous because you're enjoying it it shows that you care as well you know like want it to be right you want it to be good so yeah I'm all for the
0: nerves butterflies in your stomach is the best thing best one of one of the best feelings yeah I've... do you find that like with like news bulletins and stuff because obviously you have this idea of what it should sound like and be how it should be presented um in like on your six o'clock news, o'clock news whatever but obviously I remember I used to watch news around religiously as a kid I loved it I was always wanting to know what was going on it was super nosy um, and I still remember, but I don't know if this is my kid lens, but I still thought they still presented it in like that kind of still, ad, like almost you're treating them relatively like adults still, and you're still presenting it in that kind of relatively formal way. It just, it is a bit more relaxed. Like how do you strike? Cause I think that's quite a difficult balance to strike, like still making it approachable for kids and, you know, not too stuffy, but it's still pretty formal. Like how do you go about getting that tone right? I
2: think for me i just try to feel as like real and as honest as possible mm. so i'm not trying to patronize any child by speaking to them in you know like a silly way it's yeah. just they they want to know the news and what's great about newsround as well because we have you know the serious news that they need to know but we also have lots of fun news lots yeah. of entertainment At as them. well yeah. and I enjoy it and you know so I'm enjoying it hopefully they're enjoying it too so it's about just telling the truth and just yeah. being um as real as possible when that comes across to them I would hope and imagine that yeah they can see that it's genuine it's not like forced to you know sitting down to your level or anything it's like this is stuff that we think you're gonna
1: enjoy and check it out, you might like it. <laughs> and when you started, obviously started in, on a magazine, did you imagine yourself doing children's news? Did you imagine yourself doing news? I mean, what were your goals back then? If
2: I'm honest, honest, it's something that I've always wanted since a kid, since I was young, like when I was young, watching news around and I lived, I lived watching television, that's, that's all I did. It was so bad to the point. I used to even speak in an American accent a lot as well. Yeah. <laughs> it's so about so much Nickelodeon and Disney Channel and oh, I love
0: yeah. Nickelodeon. Oh, that was
1: a it genuinely yeah. made like this is so sad and I can't believe I'm admitting this, but when I was younger I made like a timetable, like a schedule of all my TV programmes on Disney Channel. Ah! So, like, half past seven, <laughs> Hannah Montana, eight o'clock, like Sweet Life of Zach and Cody. And I used to be this is my organizational <laughs> skills coming in handy here, but I used to have like a diary of what was on.
0: Oh my god, I love that. I used to do that at Christmas, like with the Christmas specials, but I like, oh. not for my daily. You know what? To be fair, I did have it memorized. I did have it memorized. But I think I had like a really weird taste in, like, I had like a mixture of adult and kids' taste in like programs. So I'd be like, yeah. Hannah Montana like anything on Nickelodeon also got to catch Home and Away Gilmore Girls Mom, like, <laughs> great on, and we would just be there because so I would drink coffee from the age of seven be there with my coffee like be like see I'm a Gilmore girl mum I <laughs> so I know I don't think I had I don't know Maybe I think that's a bit weird but that's just how I grew up so <laughs> it's funny hearing you
2: both say that now because you think how different it is now when it comes to like streaming stuff and like on demand like who's waiting for something to come on tv anymore that's That's like torture
0: now (laughs) yeah how how do you combat that do you think kids are still watching like television as as normal or do you think like they're trying to catch news around like on like in another way or i mean how do you kind of respond to that because that's a really good point about streaming
2: yeah yeah there's still no a lot of kids still watching telly like i think for us in our bubble when we're used to netflix and all our streaming online there are still the kids that when they come home from school they're watching telly um, straight away. We're even like getting ready for school in the morning and stuff. So yeah, TV still definitely big, but I think we have a mix really. So we're on iPlayer um, and we're on the website as well for bulletins. And then they play them in schools as well. Um, oh, that's that's a lot nice. of
1: our audience, yeah. Yeah. So they play in schools in the morning and then kids watch them at home did newsround kind of rejig their schedule or something like is there more online programs I, f- I remember like there was an uproar about it but
2: so we went from three bulletins to one bulletin a day so yeah so we just had the morning bulletin but it's for longer now so it's a long eight minute bulletin that we have oh, wow. 7.45 in the morning
0: right and early I used to yeah I, remember, I, I feel like it was the same time like even back when I was a kid because I remember like waiting like I'd have to leave for school and I'd be like waiting like just so I could watch like news rounds just before I go <laughs> and I'd rush back to watch it it was like five twenty-five or like five thirty-five. still remember it.
1: are you um I'm guessing like creating and scripting content and things like that so how are you sourcing like stories when most kids are in their houses
2: yeah that's been different and it's been different however there's still stories there because I suppose it's the new normal. So a lot of kids, kids have been great throughout these lockdowns, to be honest, because they've been staying active. Like, you know, the kids that are like, um, let's say, practicing a sport and they can't do that sport anymore. They're doing it at home. They're setting up their gymnastics set at home and stuff. So, yeah, there's definitely um, still a lot of stories of um, kids are still active.
0: I suppose as well, it's quite interesting, and you probably might have seen this, um, you know, working in the news around and interacting with kids, like how resilient are they um, in in lockdown? And like, have you been surprised? Because I suppose you're kind of getting an idea, as you say, of like how they're responding to this pandemic, how you're working around it, how they're working around it, how their parents and teachers are working around it. And I suppose you're getting a, a real sense of, you know, what the feeling is, like, how are the kids coping and and how, how do you think like news rounds like helping them and is it like kind of creating a routine or a structure for them like what's the feedback been from them like since the lockdown began?
2: Well we actually did a special about lockdown um and we spoke to quite a few kids and followed their journey and stuff on how they've been finding it and it's been a mix of emotions really I think a lot of kids have struggled when it comes to seeing their family that's been a really big thing um however on the other side they've been through so much so so many changes in the past year but they're all just still so positive and just getting on with it and really just looking at the bright side to life like especially with their schoolwork and stuff they're still um active with schoolwork there are some kids obviously like um kids of key workers and stuff that are still going into schools so it's been um different for a lot of them but we get loads of on our website so like with um our different stories sometimes we have comments so they're allowed to put comments and they're just sending hundreds and hundreds of comments on like different stories and stuff so they are active you know like when we've been discussing Brexit or um the US elections and stuff they are having their say they have a lot to say and they've been active Um, When it comes to, with the snow, loads of snow, pictures, painting rainbows, clapping for carers, like, they're busy. (laughs) Energy. Like, (laughs) like seven-year-old you live when you was drinking your coffee.
0: (laughs) 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 They do have a lot of energy. My poor mum, but, you know, she introduced it to me, so. (laughs) I do wonder, like, I, I, I sometimes look at kids and I just think, like, they just have so much energy. Like, they start the day so early and they just carry on, like they don't, they don't stop. So like, I'm not surprised that they've just kind of found a way to do the stuff they love. There's like a determination there. Um, I kind of want to go back to as well, like obviously, you know, how you got into the industry and, you know, obviously there's such, I, mean, I imagine there's such like a wide variety of, you know, your colleagues that work there as well. Like, did everyone seem to come from like similar backgrounds or is everyone kind of taken a different route into journalism? Like, what? Is there been like a common way into how they've got into news round in particular? Um, or is it all kind of very different stories and journeys?
2: I would say overall, it's been different stories and journeys. Um, so for myself, I didn't go to university. And a lot of my colleagues have, not everyone has. I think some people have started off from like apprenticeships as well. So it's definitely... Um, mixed and a bit different and especially people from like all over from from everywhere actually yeah we've got people from like i think of scotland at the moment but i do know have <laughs> yeah. so yeah it's um d- different different changes for people. there isn't a clear cut for everyone yeah. um for how they've gotten into journalism but i say most people have gone to university though
1: yeah and what are producers at Newsround? round Um, and you know, in kids TV, like what are they looking for in a presenter? Oh,
2: from my experience, it seems like they're looking for um, people who are confident and who are themselves. Um, I find it's, when it comes to being a presenter, you kind of have in your own persona and that thing that makes you, you and it's allowing your personality to come across as well so um, we can see when it comes to certain different presenters as well we know what we're going to get from them some people you know they can be a bit cheeky or some people they're really like they're practically comedians because they're always going to come off with a joke left right and center or you have the ones that are really happy all the time um all the cool calm ones so yeah it's just having your making sure your personality can show and that can be hard you know that can be hard because a lot of people they're only their real selves when they're comfortable and around their friends yeah. so if being a presenter it's having that transition to always being your self-self around people that you've just met that you don't even know very well and that's what's hard
1: yeah and it must yeah. be more, difficult as well because you're like reading scripted bulletins and then you're also trying to get your personality across which I can imagine being quite difficult as well.
2: Yeah yeah it's, it's not easy that's I think that's when like the the genuineness has to come across because you have to just feel your feel like yourself and um and be really in the zone and especially that's when you have to really enjoy what you're doing as well so it's not put on it's not fake it's it's yeah. something genuine coming across um yeah
0: I think that's the thing as well because like kids because I used to be a nanny and like kids are just they can just see through it like they know if you're kind of faking it they know if you're not being authentic and like they they can really get a sense sometimes more than adults um so I think like it's actually quite good training even if you wanted to kind of do journalism not just aimed at children but like Um, on a broader scale I think you know starting with you know children's tv is a great stepping stone because they're just like you know they're tough critics you know and they can see past any kind of like you know persona or if you're not fully in it I think kids can they can see that they can whistle you out (laughs) though
1: And a lot of news round presenters like have gone into more generic news and I know you've just started this job so <laughs> no pressure <laughs> to speak about future plans but like do you envision yourself going into more like generic news? Um, I don't know you
2: know I feel like I've I haven't even thought that yeah. far ahead at the moment I think because I haven't fully really experienced what it's like at Newsround yet because of the pandemic like I know I've started but I still feel like I haven't started started yet you know so I'm waiting to start properly and get my feet into it properly and then I'll think further. Have you
1: met like your Newsround co-stars, presenters or has it just been over Zoom so far? Yeah I
2: think I've only met I haven't met everyone properly I think I've met Hayley like once ricky oh, yeah. maybe once as well so no i haven't um met everyone properly at all because at the moment we're only allowed in like one at a time
0: i was gonna say like how do you make it COVID safe is that is that like why you only see them like well once because there's only one of you kind of just hologram, like.
2: yeah so we just we have a skeleton team that going at the moment so just yeah. who needs to be in will be yeah. in so yeah, so if, if I've ever seen them, it's just been passing like our shift times crossed in so we'll pass each other. But yeah, yeah I haven't actually been able to sit down or meet most of them properly.
0: Yeah, the end is in sight and you can hopefully soonish have a cuppa with them or something.
1: I know. I think about awesome. the Christmas night out next year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> hopefully. I was just saying like, if anything I've learnt I'm just not even like, even though Christmas is ages away, I'm still just like, you never know. I know.
1: You never know. <laughs> I know. You never know. And if um, people were wanting to get into kind of what you do on Newsround, what would your advice be to them?
2: Ooh, my advice would be to, I would say you need to work on your confidence. And when it comes to presenting, there's a difference between there's like presenting at home let's say if you've got like a youtube channel or something you're really comfortable in front of the camera at home that's completely different to being in a room full of people with a camera on you and everyone's looking at you and you need to get this right so it's working on your confidence being in front front of people being comfortable in front of people having loads of people listen to you listen to your voice look at you like what you're wearing how you're sounding and stuff being open to criticism so I'd say yeah um anyone that's interested in like presenting to um host events host live events I used to do that quite a lot and I feel like that built up my confidence a lot because it's a live experience when you're live on stage and i've done some embarrassing stuff on stage you know oh my gosh it makes me cringe even when i start to think about it so i don't want to say but like because when you're on stage and you've got that microphone and it's just you there's you know what i mean there's nothing else that there's, there's nothing else it's just you yeah. to, and people are sitting there watching you like what are you gonna say you know the pressure is on yeah, you can say
0: anything that's that's like a risk. yeah <laughs> It's like there's like, so much autonomy. There's like, there's only so much they can kind of obstruct. So- yeah, <laughs>
2: exactly, exactly. Just free for all. And stuff like that. I feel like it's good training for getting into presenting because it's kind of a similar experience, you know, when you're on the camera and you're going to be live. So yeah, working on your confidence and um, yeah, being, knowing how, as I was saying before, knowing how to be comfortable and yourself in front of people that you've just met as well and it's not a case of like putting on a false personality but it's being very comfortable in your own skin and being sure of yourself that you can just be you to different people that you meet Mm. and you really have to how can i explain it you have to remember that you're a brand as well and so you have to be able to talk about yourself and sing about yourself as awkward as it is like you know when you're in an interview and it's like oh so tell me why you think you'd be good for this job it's like oh, um because I'm great and I'm high you know what I mean it's had no one wants to say that but like ah <laughs> it is awkward but I feel like that kind of stuff helps because when I think of a lot of the opportunities that I've had before since starting here like when it comes to presenting and reporting and stuff like that it's all because um, I told people what I did and what I wanted to do. And so when an opportunity came, there's was like, oh, Shaniqua, you'd be good for that. And they wouldn't have known that unless I would have mm-hmm. told them, you know. Um, and the reason why I say that is because I feel like quite often now people are relying on social media. So they rely on their Instagram or their YouTube channel and think they need hundreds of viewers and stuff like that. Personally, I don't think it always works that way. Sometimes that definitely does, of course but that's not the be all and end all. Like there's TV execs and stuff that I look at on YouTube, but they're also ones that are the normal old school way. And, you know, people are applying for jobs and getting emails sent off like demos and stuff like that. And word of mouth and networking and stuff. So telling people what you do works as well.
1: And yeah. what have been like your biggest challenges so far, like getting into the industry or being in the industry?
2: I'd say getting into the industry was the biggest challenge for me because to take that step from doing things of volunteering compared to getting paid for something was a big jump and I feel like that was hard and it's hard to get into somewhere where you're gonna yeah but you're gonna be um, paid to do it especially if you haven't studied it as well so I can't speak on the On the angle of, you know, having a degree and trying to get into the industry, but not having a degree and getting into the industry is another cup of tea, I'm telling you, because it's, you know, it's like, well, what do you know? What what have you learned? It's like, um,
1: well... (laughs) Like I don't have a journalism degree, I have like a degree in economics which is so irrelevant but I'm in journalism now and I feel like I've learned so obviously I didn't study journalism but I've learned so much more on the job and being in work than I have sitting in a classroom and like listening to lectures so I feel like you can, it's something you can learn on the job.
2: Yeah, yeah definitely. I think so. I think there's there's certain elements of course when it comes to like editorial and stuff and law that like you need to know but aside from that journalism is a people thing you know so um, and it's it's news and it's something that everyone can relate to so yeah it's definitely something you could learn on the job but I know like editors of like local radio stations and stuff and they don't have degrees and they've worked their way up just from learning their craft so it's true.
0: Yeah my dad like does it like he does very different kinds of journalism um it's like wildlife photography and like photojournalism. it's like traveling around the world taking photos of birds and things but um yeah like he doesn't have a degree either and he always said to me it was really interesting because my mom has a degree my dad doesn't have a degree i was like reaching the point where i was like okay uni question mark and like my mom who had a degree was very much like maybe you should try this like apprenticeship route my dad who doesn't have a degree was very much like I think you should go and have a go at a degree. And I was like, well, this does not help me at all. I'm just more confused. But um, no, I feel like I personally like found my, because I did a master's in journalism and I found that so useful, like more useful than my English lit stuff because um, it was really, really practical. So I think like it's certainly not the only route and, and people have so, so many different circumstances. So I've always said, like, you just got to do what you can do. But um, I do certainly think there are certain courses that are really practical that can be really helpful and there might be some courses out there that are like not as helpful basically. But I think, I think it, it basically just depends on your circumstances and just grab an opportunity if you see it. A good note to on.
1: end on, there is hope if you don't do a journalism degree.
0: Guess, yeah. <laughs> there's light
2: at the end of
1: the tunnel and we don't want to take up too much more of your time but thank you so much for speaking with us it's been lovely chatting with you yeah it's been lovely meeting the both of you thanks so much for tuning into this episode stay updated on our social media pages just search media rookies on twitter and instagram This podcast was an original creation by Rachel O'Neill and Olivia Wilson. With special thanks to Olivia Akis, who created the artwork for this podcast.